0: What's going on everybody it's your buddy it's your pals, past phoenix the ywc reality check and this is your nxt halloween havoc 2022 preview oh yes love this for a couple of reasons a I'm, i don't have to put the 2.0 like some other podcasters out there are still doing which is a little bit odd but on the other side of the coin i don't have to preview this as an elevated episode of nxt it's getting the proper pay-per-view status now don't get me wrong not getting ahead of the game here it's not a takeover, they're not touring yet, it's still in the, you know, NXT dome or whatever we're calling the PC now, but the fact that they've moved it to a a PLE or pay-per-view or premium live event, I'll do the Simon Miller uh, wavy hands even though you can't see me, it's an audio platform after all, I do think it's a step in the right direction and much like this past episode of NXT was, it's right up my street, guys. Halloween is my jam. If, uh... If I ever get back to doing, uh, what's it called? What was it called? What did I call that series that was going for a brief little while with myself and Christian? It was Fix. that's right. If I ever get any form of Fix back up off the ground, no promises, I am going to do a lot more horror stuff because that's right up my alley, and I love Halloween, and I love Halloween for the scary shit, and I love Halloween for the corny shit, too. If you guys haven't figured it out by now, I love the corny shit, love the supernatural shit, give me The Undertaker, give me The Boogeyman, give me Alistair Black and the House of Black, give me... Darby Allen, give me The Fiend and everything that's going on with Bray Wyatt right now. Give me all of that shit. So, all of that shit. Right as NXT is in this new, altered, black and gold state that we are in, for them to do a proper... I don't even know what proper means. But to do a proper Halloween Havoc as a PLE, not as an elevated episode of NXT, to give it that platform and to do some of the other things we're going to talk about tonight... It is right up my street, and I'm going to keep using that expression until you guys get sick of it. I'm sorry, I am I'm recording this super tired. Uh, it's another one of those weeks where work is kicking me in the ass. The NXT review that you got from me that was excited as it was, that was adrenaline. That was me on more energy drinks than I should admit, and a really good episode of NXT. Tonight's going to be a little bit more subdued. Tonight's going to be uh, more reflective of how tired I am, so I hope you guys will excuse me for that. So... I am going to say about Halloween Havoc this Saturday, um, and how I'm looking forward to it and whatever, very much the same way as I said about this past week's episode of NXT. I'm not expecting five-star matches across the board. I'm not expecting deep, in-depth, Iliad, Shakespearean storytelling. I'm expecting that this show is going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to tickle my Halloween bone. There you go. There's a quote for you. Spaz said something about his... Bone, and I'm sure somebody will turn that into something offensive. It's fine. It's fun. It's supposed to be. All that good stuff. It's the It's the point in the horror movie where you know that the main characters should just run out the front door, but they run up the stairs instead because that's what happens in horror movies. That is that is what I hoped that that silliness that we accept, whatever you want to call that, is what I'm expecting from this show, along with some wrestling that I'm genuinely looking forward to as well. They they tug at my heartstrings right away. You guys know, um, shortly before she debuted in WWE slash NXT, my first introduction to Shotzi, aka Shotzi Blackheart, was uh, at a Destiny show. Checking off your Spice Phoenix bucket list, it's fine. I got Silesia Sparks cutting a promo on me for wearing the wrong t-shirt in the merch section. That was a lot of fun. Shopsy Blackheart coming back to to NXT to host Halloween Havoc should be a thing. This is not this is not a oh my god, they did this, you know, for a ratings war. Or, oh my god, this is not the brand that she's on anymore. This is you put the right person in the right place for the right thing. Um, I'll go back to, I go back to it a lot, actually. Go back to, and I don't listen to it very much anymore, but go back to the Lillian Garcia podcast when she had Shotzi Blackheart on, when she still had a last name, let's be real. Um, she talked about, uh, how they approached her about doing it and sort of acknowledged that, you know, this is kind of up her, up her alley type of thing. And the, the way she explains her appreciation for that, like they just saw her, knew that this was the thing for her. And, I will say, on a personal note, if you follow Shotzi Blackheart on social media, a lot of her stuff is like horror movie of the week, uh, you know, cosplay with other uh, other horror people and all that, like, she does this shit anyway, so WWE, Triple H, NXT, whatever you want to say, saying, hey, you do that anyway, why don't you come do it on our show, it just makes sense. It just makes sense, you know, oh you know, we don't like the brand split, but oh my god, you broke the brand split. Let's uh let's put all the kvetching from Twitter aside and do the thing that makes sense, do the thing that makes sense. Now they've partnered her up with uh with Quincy Elliott, which is fine. It could be a lot of fun. Quincy Elliott's got a lot of uh energy, shall we say. Um and we know the kind of character that Quincy Elliott is. I'm not I'm not here to be for or against it. I've seen exactly two Quincy Elliott matches. I don't have very much to go on. And it looks like the two of them are going to have some chemistry together. They're going to probably open the show. There's probably going to be some skits in the middle where they do some, some banter back and forth. Like when they, uh, on a regular pay-per-view, when they throw from commentary to the people that were on the preview panel just to break up the show a little bit. And you know what? That's harmless. And... If 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 something does happen, like Joaquin Wild, or sorry, Joaquin, uh, or Zion Quinn, why am I saying Joaquin Wild? Joaquin Wild's on SmackDown now. Um, Zion Quinn, who lost to Quincy on NXT for the chance to be the co host, which all the right people on Twitter were upset about, it's fine. Um, he could come in, interrupt, and him and Quincy could have a scuffle, and he could bring somebody else with them, I don't know who, somebody cranky, <laughs> uh, and they could have a little brawl with, with uh, Quincy and Shotzi, and there could be an impromptu match, and that would wind up all the right people. If Shotzi comes back next week on NXT to have a match with somebody, it ain't gonna hurt my feelings either. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's good. I'm, I'm waffling on way too long about it, because I have to start the preview with the first two matches that I don't give a shit about. In the, in the interest of balance, four matches I'm looking forward to, two I could give a shit less about, not gonna lie. Shotzi Blackheart and Quincy Elliott opening up the show, all, all here, all for it. Um, the first time they ever did Halloween Havoc, when they did ask her to host, and she did like five costume changes in the night, and uh, just played up that. I'm sure she'll be back for the spin the wheel, make the deal, actually. she might As the host, she might do that. Um... But again, uh, you get a character like Quincy Elliot, and what's, what's that you know, dress-up going to be, be like? You know, you get a Jack and Sally thing going on. Who knows? Um, but the two first matches, and we're going we're gonna to get over these relatively quickly, because I really don't have much to say. I cannot tell you how much I don't give a shit about the Diamond Mine. And that's a a thing, I gotta be fair, I'm loving NXT, I'm loving that they're slowly fixing NXT, obviously I love how they're fixing NXT, because I started reviewing it again, let's be real, I don't give a shit about Damon Kemp. Julius Creed, The Creed brothers as a tag team are fun to watch, but where they existed within the diamond mine, just because that group was almost cursed from the off, they had Tyler Rust in there for a while, they had the the Japanese fella in there whose name I don't remember, which makes me sound terrible, you had Malcolm Bivens in there who's gone on to be Stokely Hathaway in AEW, you've got Roderick Strong, and I don't know whether they injured him to write him out of the brand or whether he's going to come back uh, on the pay-per-view and affect the outcome of the match. Um, but it's such a—it's been such a rotating cast, and you've got Ivy Nile in there, and Ivy Nile's getting lost in the shuffle, and that's a shame. I will say that—that that is a shame. If—if if Ivy Nile comes out uh, to start off the show and interrupts Shotzi Blackheart and says something along the lines of, uh, "I'm tired of waiting in the locker room for something to happen for me," and we get a brawl between uh, Ivy Nile and Shotzi Blackheart, that would be fucking awesome. I just did that on the spot. Thank you, brain. Uh, Don't expect much more of that because it's already fried up here. The, the stipulation is dumb ambulance matches are not the greatest they're not it's a uh, I will say I'll, I'll throw this to uh, to the to the guys at what culture uh, Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick You make some good points occasionally it's a stationary thing this is not my point this is theirs but I'm stealing it because it's a good one it's a stationary thing you can't be very dramatic with a stationary thing other than with the dramatic opening and closing of the door. Um, you're you're supposed to cheer for Julius Creed, who's not a singles wrestler. For uh, You're supposed to cheer against Damon Kemp, who was their friend until about two weeks ago. And you're supposed to be cheering for the career of Brutus, who's in the back and banned from ringside, I think. And Roderick Strong, who's in the hospital with a comedy neck brace. And they did the comedy skit at the hospital or local medical facility. Again, Simon Miller, wavy hands. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Ambulance match... If it was two guys I cared... I'm going to trip over my words again. If these were two guys that I really cared about, you could have a lot of fun with an ambulance match because of how silly it is. Remember when the Elimination Chamber match one year was main evented by an ambulance match instead of an Elimination Chamber match? Wrestling's... This is the wrestling world. It's a silly place. But this is the kind of stipulation that lives and dies on if you care about the people in the match. And I don't. And unless they've got a singles push ready for Julius Creed. I don't think they're breaking up the Creed brothers. I'm not going to care when Damon Kemp loses. I'm not going to care when Julius wins, when his brother comes out and uh, celebrates still having the career that he himself didn't fight for. I'm not going to feel very much for that. I feel a little bit for if Ivy Nile gets involved, because I actually like Ivy Nile, and I will feel a little bit for Roderick Strong if he comes back, because, well, he's the only member left of the Undisputed Era, and do you remember how good the Undisputed Era was? Oh, yes. Same thing can be said for Apollo Crews and Grayson Waller. Now, this is a little bit different, because I really like Grayson Waller. I like Grayson Waller, uh, not that they're the same, uh, he's not quite Discount Miz, I mean, he's not MJF, but (laughs) I'm taking the piss. I like MJF, everybody calm down. Um... Grayson Waller I do like he he has such a punchable face and because of that he's underrated in the ring which is good because while you want him to hold his own in a match for the sake of the match you also just want him to have a punchable face do you not and it's Apollo Cruz I don't get it At this started the the Apollo Cruz whatever it is started just before I started watching NXT again so, I don't know what it is. Apparently, he can see the future. Apparently, Grayson Waller went for his eye made his eye bleed. And now, and now uh, he's made Grayson Waller's eyes bleed. Spin the wheel, make the deal. Which, it's not a bad thing in and of itself. The fact that they're having a spin the wheel, make the deal match puts a slight shade on one of the other matches in the night because it points out a little bit of a plot hole, but we'll get there when we get there. Uh, I do predict that one of the skits that Shotzi and Quincy are going to be involved in is as the hosts they'll be doing the spin the wheel, make the deal. I think both guys will come to the ring and then they'll go to the stageway where the wheel is, even though I think the wheel's digital now. I don't know. Uh, A lot of speculation out there on the interwebs that it's going to be a blindfold match, and I really... I don't wanna get repetitive here. I really don't, but it goes to the ambulance match thing. If it was Grayson Waller and the Miz, you want them to look like idiots. But here's the thing everybody bemoaned how Apollo Cruz was treated on the main roster. They made him they made him sort of like discount Black Panther for a little while he had his drum circle match or whatever the fuck that was and then when he came back to NXT and he was just Apollo Crews again everybody's like okay you know it's kind of a downgrade because nobody's really watching NXT I mean it was 2.0 at the time and and we know what that brought with it but this isn't much better like it's really not Apollo Crews amazing athlete Grayson Waller underratedly amazing athlete as well as being an amazing character um, their eyes bleed, which is fine. It's probably going to be a blindfold match, which, again, is, is held up by do I care about the people involved and do I want to see the people involved in a silly situation? Is that where they thrive? Grayson Waller, yes. Apollo Cruz, not so much. Send him back up to the main roster and let him do a bit more. Smiling. Pretty sure Apollo Cruz is going to get the win. Grayson Waller should, because he's over, I guess, in, uh in the way that you can be over on NXT. I like them. That doesn't necessarily mean, I mean, that probably means everybody else hates them, but be that as it may, I feel something for this because there's an athlete that I respect and a character that I respect, but the story doesn't make any sense. And what what we are all predicting the stipulation will be, leaves a lot to be desired, but draw a line under that and we can move on to the matches that I am looking forward to Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade Cora Jade the minute they turned her heel was was gold uh, again, I have to reiterate once again, this match is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, don't think it's going to be five stars in the Tokyo Dome, brother. We've got a Weapons Wild match, which is just another way of saying a hardcore match, I guess. Um, after the after the NXT that we had this past week with the Pick Your Poison, Perez should be coming in uh, a little beaten down, a little worse for the wear, you know, wearing the wounds of war, whatever cliche you want to use. So that's a story they need to play up right away. They need to play up the G. Jade is really, really comfortable with a weapon in her hand, and Roxanne Perez, because she's the good guy, is, is is not so much... Like, she'll do it, but it won't come as easily to her, and I think she can play that off really well. Roxanne Perez as pure Snow White babyface is great. I said it on NXT. The acting that she does with her face to sell the... I mean, it was Face in Peril, but she was facing Rhea Ripley, so it wasn't that... Like, it wasn't that out of place. And Cora Jade... Um... I don't know how to explain what I I mean about Cora Jade. I like that they made her a heel, because she was that kind of babyface that came out there and was was smiling and being nice to everybody, but you could, like, even if it wasn't intentional, there was a sarcasm behind her, like, smiley babyface persona, and when you see that, it comes off as obnoxious rather than, than genuine, and those are the people that will probably slide deeper into a into a heel roll, got rid of the skateboard thing because people on the internet got way too weird about the skateboard thing, it's a prop at the end of the day, let's be real, um, I don't know, I mean, if anything, it proves that you can have more than one women's match on the card, Tony Khan, I hope you're paying attention, uh, Roxanne Perez is going to get the win, I've heard, and this is again through the grapevine, through the dirt sheets, whatever, So, so take it as you will. Uh, Apparently, a lot of people were really uh, impressed with the job that Roxanne Perez did when she showed up on SmackDown last week, so she may not be long for the NXT world, and that's fine. Um, She's got the experience, obviously, in ROH before she even came to NXT, so she doesn't necessarily need to be there. Cora Jade could probably do with staying down there a bit longer, so... Roxanne Perez gets the babyface victory to end off the feud and, and goes off into the sunset on Raw or SmackDown, probably SmackDown, she's already started a little bit of something and they've already established that she has a few friends there, which is which is fine, and Cora Jade can go on and... and you know, piss off somebody else, I guess. Which brings us to the top of the women's card, which is uh, Mandy Rose versus Alba Fire. Now, the build for this has been a bit strange because of Mandy Rose being away. Uh, As I said on NXT, once again, I'm going to get a little bit repetitive. Apparently, uh, Sonya Deville was brought in because Mandy Rose had to go home and deal with personal issues. I still haven't looked up what those personal issues are because wrestling fans, Twitterverse, internet it's none of our fucking business. Oh yes. Think about how okay, I want to see I want to do a comparison here and this is why I didn't really pursue it because it's not my place to talk about it. But Sonya Deville not too long ago had to step away from wrestling for a long time because of personal shit and look at how bad that personal shit was let's just leave it alone it's fine Sonya Deville kind of made sense she's got an existing relationship with Mandy Rose so for her to be for her to look at JC Jane and Gigi Dolan and be like hey you know what we fight like sisters, sometimes we don't always get along, but, you know, she's still my best friend at the end of the day, and any friend of hers is a friend of mine, is a story that works. I mean, did they have to throw it together? I don't know. What Does it, uh, does it get the value of having a main roster person on NXT? I don't know, because ultimately that's what Mandy Rose was, and in the way that WWE has underutilized Sonya Deville, is she that much of a boost to NXT any more than Mandy Rose already was, so I don't even think you can say, oh, they pulled out Sonya Deville as a cheat, or they pulled out, you know, they pulled out all kinds of other people as a cheat, too, whatever, you know, Gallows and Anderson worked on a Tuesday for once, and that's a cheat, and Shinsuke Nakamura came back to NXT, and that was a cheat, and, and, oh, fuck, the, the, Twitter's weird, man, like, Twitter, social media, like, People that really, really want to find something to cry about will find something to cry about. But a couple of things here. Uh, This does have the uh, distinction, I guess you would say, of being the only straight-up one-on-one match on the card. You've got an ambulance match. You've got a, a... whatever the spin the wheel match is, you got a weapons wild match, you got a five-person ladder match, and you've got a triple threat in the main event. This is the only straight-up regular one-on-one wrestling match, and I always say, I go back to the Randy Orton CM Punk at WrestleMania example, but if there's only one match on the card that's a match for matches, I mean, this one's for a title as well, but it's a match in and of itself, that's that will stick out when it's the only one on the card. Um, I do think, despite the fact that I think Mandy Rose is awesome, incredibly underrated, and incredibly criticized in all the wrong ways, I do think it's time for a title change. Her her reign of terror, as some people are talking about it, um, it's it's ready to come to an end. Kaylee Ray or Alba Fire would make an awesome champion, and then I think the more. I don't want to say interesting, because her staying champion would also be interesting. But, I think the, uh... All the... There's a spider on my desk. That's fucking awesome. Thanks, Halloween. Um, I think all the cool storytelling gets told after the fact. Um, we have to ask, is Sonya Deville staying in NXT? Because Sonya Deville, on, uh... Sonia Deville wasn't brought in as part of the wave of, of wrestlers that came in on this week's NXT. She came in before that. So I don't think it's necessarily a cameo. Excuse me. So I don't know if she's staying around in NXT. If Mandy Rose loses, could we see a situation where Sonia Deville and uh, J.C.J. and Gigi Dolan turn on Mandy and Sonia Deville becomes the new leader? of Toxic Attraction? Do they all stay together as a four-person group on NXT? Do they all stay together as a four-person group and come to the main roster? I think all of those stories are interesting. The unfortunate bit of that is that all of those stories will overshadow Kaylee Ray slash Alba Fire becoming the new Women's Champion, which will also be good. Um... So yeah, I'm really I'm throwing my weight behind Alba Fire winning the match. Mandy Rose either gets turned on by her group or her group has grown by one as her friend comes back into the fold. I think you could do uh, you could always do a thing where two of them go up to the main roster, and two of them stay on NXT, and they do the whole, oh, we're taking over all of WWE, kind of like the bloodline, yes, people get upset when I compare Toxic Attraction to the bloodline, that's why I do it, it's fine, Alba Fire's gonna win, she's gonna go off and be a cool champion, she can do a lot for a lot of people, whoever's challenging her, etc., and whatever they do with these other four ladies will be very interesting to see, any one of these, any one of these... Sonya takes over the group and they turn on Mandy Rose. They all stay together. Maybe they all go their separate ways. Maybe Sonya Deville stays in NXT with Mandy Rose and Gigi and JC go up to the main roster. We just don't know. Do we get Fire and Desire back together? Do JC Jane and Gigi Dolan step away from both of them and you have this heel versus heel, like the group that's called Toxic Attraction, taking on the former Fire and Desire? That could be a lot of fun. There's a lot of... And it's unfortunate. As I say, I don't want to totally overshadow the match itself because I am looking forward to the match. Everything worth talking about is happening after the match, and that's a bit unfortunate. You know what's not unfortunate? Probably, I'm not going to say probably, definitely the most anticipated match of the night is for the right now vacant North American Championship. We know what happened. Solo Sokoa went up to the main roster, came back down to NXT, beat Carmelo Hayes for the championship, took it back up to SmackDown. They had some photo shoots with it at the Crown Jewel. Uh, press conference, and then Shawn Michaels told him, yeah, you can't have that title, you're on the main roster now, which bugged a lot of people, and uh, didn't give it back to Carmelo Hayes either, says, hey, Carmelo, you can be in a ladder match, we're going to pick a bunch of other people, and it is what it is, it's Wesley, Mensa, Von Wagner, Nathan Frazier, Carmelo Hayes, five men, one ladder, fucking sound like a poster now five men one ladder one title let's fucking go the entertaining bit of this for me is that not only trick williams but also robert stone or mr stone Uh, are both going to be at ringside. So at some point in the night, Robert Stone's going to try and get involved and Trick Williams is going to deck him. And uh, I'm assuming whoever's the referee is going to try and kick both of them out of ringside, which isn't going to work because the referee can't disqualify anybody in a ladder match. But now let me run down. This is just the way I see it. Everybody in this match serves a purpose, which is really, really good. Vaughn Wagner is there to be there. A couple weeks ago, I... When they first announced this ladder match, uh, when people were freaking out about the Solo Sokoa, they oh, it doesn't make any sense, except it does. Look what they did to Paige when she became the Divas Champion. Don't worry about it. It's fine. There is precedent for what they did with Solo Sokoa. You guys just don't want to hear it. Um, there's a history of multi-person ladder matches, specifically for this title, and specifically in the way that this title was initially uh, granted. I think it was... It was either Adam Cole or Ricochet, because they were one and two, as far as the champions went. Um, every single one of these matches has had one guy where you went, Really? That guy? That guy's going to be in a ladder match? One time it was Killian Dane. one time it was Lars Sullivan. There's a third example that I had off the top of my head. It's gone now, but that's fine. That job this time, the guy that's just going to be there, the guy that's going to be the base for all the high-flying spots, that job goes to Von Wagner, because he ain't leaving with this title, ladies and gentlemen, I hate to tell you. Oro Mensa is the brand-new guy we've seen exactly two matches of. This is very much a let's-see-what-you-got-kid moment. On the other side of that coin is Nathan Frazier, um, coming off of his awesome series with Axiom. I'm really bummed. They could have done a storyline thing here where... Uh, Shawn Michaels, or whoever the acting GM is, uh, after the third match between Axiom and Frazier is like, Frazier, you know, congratulations, you know, you've know, you won your spot in the ladder match. Axiom, after what I saw tonight, uh, I couldn't not put you in this match. Our fans deserve the best in that ladder match, so therefore you deserve to be in it as well. It, it's one of those ones where the, where the feel-good moment would have overdone would have overshadowed the logic a little bit, but that kind of thing does happen, you know, Randy Orton beat Rey Mysterio for his Rumble spot, and Teddy Long said, hey, Orton took your spot, can't really say anything about that, but I can add you to the match, everybody loved it, nobody buggered at the time, because Twitter wasn't a thing back then, or it wasn't very much of a thing yet, I would have loved if they had put Axiom in here as well, but Frazier. As opposed to Oro who's like playing new guy, let's see what you got. Frazier's playing new guy, we see what you got, and we want to see more. Carmelo Hayes, if I say it once, I say it a hundred times, he is main roster ready. The act of him and Trick Williams as a duo is main roster ready. This could very well be, and I would have no problem with it, this could be his goodbye performance. This could be his last hurrah, his curtain call, his last bow for the, uh, for the audience type thing, whatever you want to call it, and this is a hell of a way to do it. Because you've got this guy who was having banger matches with everybody. you got to remember, Carmelo Hayes' second match in NXT was with Adam fucking Cole. And what have they done with him in AEW? Yeah, that's right, nothing. Um, but he's main roster ready. Is he going to do his goodbye performance on Saturday? I kind of hope so honestly, because I want to see him on the main roster, and I want to see him get a rematch with Ricochet, and that'll be fucking awesome, and I mean, that leaves Wesley, and Wesley's the guy that should win the match, like, I, I don't have any other, the, it's, it's sort of blending real life and, and kayfabe a little bit, but from his partner getting fucked, losing his job, uh, him, being left on his own, not really knowing what to do, being like half of MSK, you get the WWE uh, 2K22 game, he comes out by himself to the MSK entrance, how fucked is that? So for him to go from, hey, not only did you fuck over my partner, but by fucking over my partner, you also kind of fucked over me, to, I'm going to show what I can do in this ladder match with all these other fantastic athletes and Von Wagner. Um, and I'm going to walk away with this vacated belt. That's a really good story. It's the story that I should, we should be telling. It's the story I think they will tell. As I say, Vaughn Wagner's there to be there. Oro Mensa's there to show us what he's got. Frazier's there to show us more of what he's got. Carmelo's there basically to give a goodbye performance. That's my prediction. And Wesley is there to win. And plus he's the smallest guy in the match, and that's always a good, simple wrestling story. Main events, I... Again, my prediction sits outside of the match itself. My prediction is kind of based on how soon does Triple H want Braun Breaker on the main roster. Because if Triple H wants Braun Breaker on the main roster, then this match is really between Ilya Dragunov and JD McDonough. Which is fine. Ilya Dragunov is awesome. When, uh... When the big Rona hit, and uh, everything shut down, and everything became, like, audience-less and whatever, I I fell off watching NXT UK just before that. And then everybody, our buddy, our good buddy Jake DeMarco, was like, Okay, I know you haven't watched NXT UK in a while, but you got to watch this Ilya Dragunov-Walter um, match back when Walter was still Walter. And I've seen highlight clips of it. I haven't seen the whole thing. I still need to sit down and watch that match, ironically. Um but the guy is a little bit crazy, which is right up my street, the guy is intense as hell, the guy can take a fucking beating, and I think he'd be a cool champion, I don't know whether they'll strap him up, on the other side of the coin, you got JD McDonough, or, or Jordan Devlin, who I've had the good fortune of meeting at Destiny, checking off your Smash Phoenix bucket list, it's fine, and I kind of want him to win. Because of how much he winds everybody up. Not only because, oh my god, he might have done a thing back because somebody whispered something that he might have maybe done. Or they heard from somebody else, blah, 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 blah. Or because they don't like the current, uh, what do you call it, the current gimmick the WWE has him portraying. Which is, of course, 100% his fault. Um... It's cheesy, it's campy, it's campy in the, like, I'm gonna kill you kind of way. The whole, let me tell you how much pressure it takes to break a bone or rip a muscle and all that kind of... Th- it's like, I I don't want to strain into hyperbole, but it's like Hannibal Lecter shit. And Hannibal Lecter, the cool part about uh, the Hannibal Lecter movies wasn't him eating people, it was just a lot of it was the conversation now, he did turn around and eat people obviously, and JD McDonough is going to turn around and be a fantastic fucking wrestler, which everybody's overlooking when they snap decision on this gimmick that he's doing right now but um, yeah, Ailey Dragunov is an awesome wrestler that I don't see them strapping up, Braun Breaker is somebody that I think they're going to fast track to the main roster I could be wrong If I'm wrong, if they're leaving him in NXT, they're leaving the belt on him. If they're not leaving him in NXT, then it comes down between Dragunov and McDonough. Dragunov, I don't see them strapping up. I can see them strapping up JD McDonough. Eventually, eventually, they're gonna play up the Finn Balor connection. And I'm sorry, JD McDonough or Jordan Devlin or whatever he's gonna go by, on the main roster, still being a creepy bastard, possibly part of the Judgment Day? Really cool. Uh, I've said it before in my WWE Last Week series. I think the way that not only is Judgment Day recruiting, but different people are trying to recruit different people. Rhea Ripley, clearly, in tight air quotes, recruited Dominic Mysterio. Uh, Finn Balor specifically uh, tried to recruit AJ Styles because of their history. Uh, What was it? Uh, Damian Priest tried to recruit Riddle because they had a history they also play up the fact that um, Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley have a previous history now you want to talk about history, once again go back to Finn Balor, Finn Balor reaches out to his student uh, JD McDonough And you have, I mean, they're not family, but you have sort of a Roman Reigns solo Sokoa situation. And that's not that far out of the realm of possibility. I see maybe they bring him to the main roster. Maybe when either Finn or Damian goes for a main title, maybe you try to strap up. Uh, JD McDonough with the Intercontinental Championship maybe Judgment Day goes to Smackdown and feuds with the Bloodline which would gr- drive everybody nuts and I'd laugh a whole bunch there's there's something there strap him up in NXT for a bit and then you can say "Hey, not only was I Finn Balor's student but we've both held the same title and we know what it's like to be where we've been and rah da rah rah now, the ghost at the feast is Austin Theory with the Money in the Bank briefcase which is... Oh, man, it's a lot of fun. There's no way... Austin Theory cashing in on Ilya Dragunov is Austin Theory eating that wicked missile headbutt thing, right? Austin Theory um, cashing in on JD McDonough is a heel versus heel, like, psychopath versus narcissist match, which could be a lot of fun depending on how they play up to it. Austin Theory trying to cash in on Braun Breaker is Austin Theory getting eaten alive. It's like Austin Theory trying to cash in on Roman Reigns. It's like Austin Theory trying to cash in on Brock Lesnar. But... But... Austin Theory... NXT does the heist of the century. He makes it a fatal four-way. That's very interesting that's very anybody can slip on a banana peel at that point that breaks down into a almost a tag team situation austin theory wins him and jd mcdonough have a knowing glance between the two of them because they're both evil bastards in their own way and then you get a tag team feud for a couple of weeks austin theory and jd mcdonough versus elia Dragonoff and braun breaker a lot of possibilities coming out of this if braun breaker staying in nxt braun breaker is staying the nxt champion we know that Uh, He is the John Cena or the Bianca Belair of NXT right now, and that's not necessarily a good thing, people are going to get sick of him, not going to say we're getting sick of somebody right now, but uh, we are, Um, and I feel like I'm getting repetitive now because I'm tired, sorry guys, Uh, Breaker stays in NXT, he keeps the belt. Barnbreaker leaves NXT. You've got three other possible champions and it's a coin toss. It's a three-sided coin toss which which doesn't exist. And uh, the last thing I will say coming off of this week's episode of NXT is apparently Shinsuke Nakamura is hanging around in NXT for a bit. So, he might be inserted into the title picture. Can you imagine Shinsuke Nakamura, Shinsuke Nakamura was the champion, Shinsuke Nakamura maybe going for the North American Championship, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Wesley, or Shinsuke Nakamura getting into the uh, main title pitcher, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Braun Breaker, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Ilya Dragunov, Shinsuke Nakamura versus JD McDonough, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Austin Theory, main roster Raw prospect Austin Theory walking around with the NXT Championship on Raw, pissing off all the same people that were mad about the Solo Sokoa situation oh, there's a lot of good oh, it's good it's really, really good, there's a lot of good shit that can come out of here, and mostly I'm saying that because no matter what happens in a lot of these matches, Twitter's gonna be on fire and I'm gonna be very, very amused it's going to be like Daniel Bryan losing to Sheamus in 19 seconds or whatever the fuck it was It's going to be fun for me, and they're going to do spooky shit, and Shotzi's hosting, and Chucky's probably going to be there, and they're going to do stupid horror shit. Halloween is almost here. It is, in fact, October. NXT's getting better, and I'm in a good mood because of it. How are you guys feeling about the new NXT? NXT 3.0, I guess. Are you guys excited or not about Halloween Havoc? Let me know what you think about WWE in general, because I will be doing WWE last week sometime over the course of the weekend. And I'm going to stop now because I sound like a tired asshole. I've been Spaz, your YWC reality check. Subscribe up there. Talk down there. Start a conversation. Keep all these conversations going. Don't be a stranger. I will talk to each and every last one of you later. But for right now, I'm tagging out, guys. Happy Halloween Havoc. (music)